My name is Oliver Queen. For five felicities, I was stranded on a felicity with only one goal. Felicity. Now others have felicityed my crusade to bring justice to Felicity City. To them, I'm Oliver Queen. To the rest of Starling City, I'm Felicity's I am the Green Arrow. So over the past several days on Twitter, I have been called a 22 times, an idiot 12 times, and a piece of nine times. I'm actually super excited about this because as soon as I saw these comments coming in, I knew that I had to have some fun with it on the podcast. And I apologize in advance. I am starting to lose my voice, so bear with me. These people don't seem to be joking about this either. At least to me, it came off as very serious. Uh, this all stemmed from a gif that I posted on Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, evolving from movie to movie. It's a really cool gif. I pinned it to the top of my Twitter profile, at Ross A. Dillon. You can go see it there. The tweet ended up getting about 8,000 retweets and about 12,000 likes. So a lot of people saw it and had time to follow the trend that was cussing me out. What really upset people, though, was what I wrote with the tweet. This is what I said verbatim. Very few actors will ever be able to say that they portrayed a superhero for 17 years. Now, I wrote that out as to be nothing but a compliment. That's huge. Very few actors can ever say that. There's only a handful of them. But people were absolutely furious that I used the word portrayed. Now, I want to share with you some of my favorite replies that I got. But to get the full dramatic effect, I had to ask my good friend, Amber Grant, to come on and read a few of these with me. Now, I'm also, I'm not going to bleep out the language. So if you would like, feel free to skip ahead about a minute 30 to the rundown. Let's get started. was a stupid fucking comment, man. How dare you? How fucking dare you? He did not portray Wolverine. He is Wolverine. Are you that much of an idiot? Bitch, he is Wolverine. Throw that portrayed shit in the trash, you conniving fuck. What a piece of shit you are. Some nerve you must have to suggest he isn't Wolverine. Fuck you, Ross. Wow. Just wow! Somewhere Patrick Stewart and Kevin Conroy are ready to fight your bitch ass. Take back those words, bitch. Fuck this guy. There will never be another Wolverine. He is Wolverine, dickhead. Go kill yourself for even thinking it. Let's do the rundown. It may not necessarily be news anymore, but Matt Reeves has exited negotiations to direct the Batman movie. 
Naturally, the internet flipped out, completely unaware that this is a simple negotiation tactic. When the studio doesn't give you the desired contract, your agent backs out of negotiation and takes the story public to paint the studio in a negative light. Even I have used this tactic back in my performing days. Now, this does not mean that Reeves will go back into negotiations or even direct the film, but this is very common practice in the entertainment industry. The reviews are in for Logan, and it appears the R-rated approach has proven to be successful yet again. With over 60 reviews in, the movie stands at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, as always, I always say, go see the movie and judge for yourself. But who knows? Maybe a strong box office may be all Fox needs to try to bring Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, even though he's already publicly said he's made peace with another actor playing the character. Marvel is killing it yet again with their casting. Awan Rayon has been cast as Maximus the Mad in the Inhuman series for ABC. You may know Awan from Game of Thrones, where he played one of the most hated yet brilliant characters in recent television memory, Ramsey Bolton. Now expect even more castments very soon, and I apologize if I slaughtered your name, bro. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! For the right price, they can. Mel Gibson confirmed he's in talks to direct the sequel for Suicide Squad. Of course, this was met with controversy around the globe. Gibson has made his criticisms known for comic book movies in the past, so if a deal does become finalized, it will likely be for a very hefty amount. After landing the role of Lando in the upcoming Han Solo spinoff, Disney wasted no time in casting Donald Glover as Simba in the upcoming Lion King live-action movie. James Earl Jones will also reprise his role as Mufasa, and Jon Favreau is set to direct. Now, let's just hope they bring back the rest of the cast. Uh, hint, hint, Mr. Nathan Lane. Humberto Gonzalez with The Wrap broke the story that discussions are in fact underway with David F. Sandberg to direct the upcoming Shazam movie. Sandberg is best known for directing Lights Out. As of now, no deal has been struck. Kerry Washington confirmed she is in talks to play Domino in Deadpool 2. We should find out the official cast in the coming weeks, as the movie is scheduled to start production in Vancouver this June. Finally, everybody is hyped for Young Justice Season 3. We hardly know any details, but it has now been confirmed that the Wonder Twins will be appearing on the show. From what I could gather, they will have a sizable role, although that cannot be confirmed. That's the rundown. Coming up here in a little bit, my good buddy Sean Curran from Curran's Corner and the TGS Shop Talk podcast, he's going to be joining me to talk what I'm about to talk about because I want to get his opinion on it. And also, he has put together, and he, he did it for the TGS Shop Talk podcast, how Batman could single-handedly neutralize the Avengers. Now, I'm not saying I believe that could happen, because obviously I don't. I don't even think Sean believes that can happen, but it's very believable. He goes into such good detail on how Batman could actually do it. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. And also, I, I want to get some feedback on that, too, because uh, we'll probably be bringing back Sean to read some mean tweets, because I'm sure he's going to get a bunch from people on this topic. What I want to talk about right now I have actually never once said that I distinctly believe that people just hate on DC, on their movies specifically, 
just for the heck of it. That they hate on it just for fun. I've never said that. I've honestly, I've never really thought that. However, my mind did change a little bit recently. Uh, it was about, it was Super Bowl Sunday, actually. And a picture was posted from Justice League. And it had Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Cyborg in it. And I tweeted it out. And I could not believe the negative comments I got just on this one picture. I mean, I got I got like one or two on Aquaman. I think somebody said they'd like to see Aquaman a little more like green and orange. A little more comic booky. And uh, of course you will have your same complaints about Wonder Woman. She's too skinny and all that stupid trash that is absolutely unnecessary and doesn't make the movie any better, any worse, what she looks like. She's an absolutely terrific actress. She looks the part and she performs it very well. I don't know why there is criticism about Gal Gadot. And I don't think there really is much anymore. I think she kind of stole the show on Batman v Superman. And from what I can tell, most people are extremely excited for her solo movie. But Cyborg... Cyborg was one of the only characters that I thought, okay, DC's going to get a lot of, you know, negative attention and stuff like that, because every movie does. But I always thought that Cyborg would kind of be that one character that was safe, and I was wrong. People absolutely just completely destroyed Cyborg's look. I mean, just completely trashed it, and it, it really actually blew my mind a little bit. I'm just going to read through some of the comments that I got. Um, why does Cyborg look so skinny, though? No, scratch that. Why is Cyborg even in the movie if he's going to look like that? Another one here. Uh, just rewatched the Justice League trailer. And man, Cyborg and Flash just look absolutely terrible. And now that I've seen this picture, I think he looks even worse. I'm really quite confused here as to what people expected Cyborg to look like. If you want him to look like he does in the comics, then this is, is pretty much as close as you're going to get because, of course, there's several adaptations of him, but there are, there are quite a few where this looks almost identical. I mean, I, I don't understand what people want. It's, it's completely one thing that if you don't like the character Cyborg, and then that's perfectly fine. If you say you don't like how he looks because you've never liked the character, that's totally cool. But a lot of the comments I got were, Cyborg looks like a Transformer. Well, duh. I mean, he basically is. Another popular one I got, and I actually saw this a bunch. This was the biggest one that I got. Was people saying... That cyborg just looks like a complete ripoff of the Terminator. I don't even understand how that's possible, seeing as cyborg was introduced in the comics three years before anybody ever saw Terminator. If anything, if you're gonna make a comment like that about anything, cyborg more closely resembles Robocop. And quite honestly, they're not even alike. So people that are going out and saying, oh, he looks like a Transformer. Oh, he looks like a Terminator ripoff. I automatically dismiss those because clearly uh, they're just doing it for fun because, you know, it's fun just to hate on DC Comics all of a sudden. I'm actually firmly starting to believe that. I mean, if you go to Facebook and look at any of those fan pages, I know we all follow them. All the comments for DC movies, a lot of them are just completely bad. 
bashing them. And listen, I get it. They haven't been perfect by any means. I was not a fan of Suicide Squad. I'll say that out right now. I didn't care for it. I didn't hate it. But I definitely thought it could have been a lot better. I didn't even care for the extended edition. Man of Steel, I absolutely loved. I loved Man of Steel. I loved that take on uh, Superman kind of getting his origin in there. A lot more of his origin than what we saw in the original uh, Christopher Reeve films. Uh, Batman v Superman, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the extended edition. In fact, after watching the extended edition, I thought that uh, the theatrical release was just trash. I feel horrible for Zack Snyder because a lot of people thought that. A lot of people who went and saw the movie in theaters absolutely hated it. But then they saw the extended edition and they're like, okay, I was wrong. I was totally wrong. Zack Snyder put together a good product and it's very clear that Warner Brothers came in and ruined it. Well, they wanted to make it shorter. Who gives a shit if they wanted to make it shorter? It was a great movie. It's a Zack Snyder movie. That's what you expect from Zack Snyder. Batman v Superman is exactly what you expect. The extended edition, not the crap they put in theaters. But even with the extended edition of Batman v Superman, I completely understand why people didn't care for that movie. I do. Coming out of theaters or talking to people on Twitter or Facebook, they ask me, hey, what do you honestly think of it? And I tell them, you know, especially the theatrical version, it wasn't what I expected. I didn't hate it. Not my favorite movie either. I like Man of Steel a lot more. And then I ask them, hey, what did you think of it? They honestly would... And I could tell they were being honest. Uh, just by the way they presented themselves, they're like, man, you know, that was... I really didn't care for it. That was very disappointing. There there was... A, it seemed like they crammed a whole lot into it. Uh, not a whole lot of character development. And, and you know what? These are honest points. Uh, there wasn't too much character development in there. There was a lot of story. And sometimes that worked, sometimes it didn't. In this case, I think it was right down the middle. It worked in parts and didn't work in other parts. But I do. I do understand. I don't want people to think I'm a huge DC fanboy. Just because my favorite character is with DC, that doesn't mean it. Believe me, Marvel has destroyed DC as far as their movies go. But it's also, I don't look at this as a competition. Because it's not a competition. They are two completely separate entities. As a society, it feels like, especially when it comes to comic book movies, that... You can only be on one side. You can only like Marvel movies, or you can only like DC movies. And it feels like it really has started to sway that way, and that's such a disappointment. Because, uh, spoiler alert, it is okay to like both. I love both. If we're comparing the quality of movie, yeah, Marvel's has been better, but like I said, I don't like comparing the two because they're so different. If we absolutely have to sit here and compare the two, yes, Marvel's movies have been much better. But that doesn't mean that DC has to follow everything that Marvel's doing. That's my biggest gripe. A lot of people look at DC's movies and they look at Marvel's movies. And they look at what Marvel did by starting out with Iron Man, built the character there, even built the character into a sequel. And then you had Hulk. And then you had Thor. And then Captain America, First Avenger. You build up all the characters, and then you toss them into the Avengers, and that's what made it work so well. The Avengers, why it's my favorite comic book movie, because it is. The Avengers is my favorite comic book movie of all time. 
why it's my favorite is because they did what no other movie has ever done. And we can all agree on that. Being able to pull all of these different huge characters and put them in the same movie. And then on top of that, the movie goes on to be one of the highest grossing movies ever. They have a huge cast, just a terrific cast. And the writing was absolutely brilliant for the Avengers. But that doesn't mean that DC has to follow that exact same path. They don't have to do origin stories for all their characters. They started out with Man of Steel, yeah. Because that was, that was more of a tone setter. We know the origin of Superman, but they did Man of Steel to set the tone. Honestly, did we really need another Batman origin story? No. I think we're all a little tired of seeing Batman's parents get killed in the alley. Yeah, they referenced it in Batman v Superman because that, that was their origin for Batman. They did it in less than a minute, basically. We know the origin. We're going to get a Flash origin story. We're going to get an Aquaman origin story. Yeah, it may be set with flashbacks, but we're going to get it. They don't have to all have solo movies come out before the Justice League film. We know these characters. A lot of people know these characters. People are more aware of DC characters, of their origins, than what they are Marvel's. And that's not a slam on Marvel at all. Wonder Woman's movie is going to be an origin movie. And they've had that planned up for a long time. This movie is set during World War I, by the way. And also, by the way, Wonder Woman may not be the only superhero appearing in this. Uh, it's, if there is another superhero, I can neither confirm or deny this. It's not going to be one that many people know. But if you're a fan of DC Comics or any of the uh, animated series, series, I don't think he's been in an animated movie yet. Or she. But this character, he or she, if they do happen to appear in the Wonder Woman movie coming out this summer, there's a reason for it, because it builds into the future. I'm not going to give any more details away, because yeah, you know how I am. If it's not 100% fact being reported by reputable sources, then I'm not going to talk about it, because it's likely not true. I think this is in this case. But anyway, moving on. Going on to the message boards on these Facebook fan pages and stuff and just reading. If somebody says, if anyone says, well, I happen to like Batman v Superman, people will just go on and absolutely destroy them. They will get cussed out for liking this movie. Who the fuck are you to decide what somebody should and shouldn't like? If you're one of the people that do this to others... You're a piece of I'm sorry. Let's just get it out there. You're a piece of And what's even worse is you know you're a piece of and you don't care. Wow, I am dropping all kinds of naughty language today. <clears throat> it's killing my throat. But anyway, this is actually perfect timing to introduce my guest from the TGS Shop Talk podcast in Curran's Corner, Sean Curran. Uh, Sean, they're nothing more than rumors, despite what all the fake journalism sites are going to tell you. But on a scale of 1 to 10... What do you think the actual chances are that Ben Affleck continues playing Batman post-Justice League? <laughs> we'll start with a, with a softball. The, the, the chances of Ben Affleck continuing playing Batman post-Justice League, I would probably say on a scale from 1 to 10, it's, it's a 9.9. 9. 
the main reason I say that is whether whether he decides he doesn't want to do this or not, and they maybe they make up some clever idea where they suddenly revert back or they kill off Batman in this new universe and they go with uh, handing it over to Dick Grayson or whatever creative way that they let's say he does want to get out of it. He signed up for three movies, period. And Suicide Squad was a cameo, that's not a movie. So he's got Justice League and at least the Batman. He's not getting out of the Batman. So that's at least going to happen. And Justice League was initially a two-parter, so he's already, from what I understand, written into that movie as well. Warner Brothers have a lot riding on this. They've already got a lot, I guess, invested, and they're not ready to just let him walk away. Whether he wants to or not, I don't see it happening. These rumors are flying high because it's fun clickbait to get your sights going. Say, is he dropping out? Like, one of them nerds was like, are Batman's days numbered? And then you click on the article, and it's like, nope. It's just a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> like, so they're finding clever new ways to just be really f***ing annoying. You worried about the script at all for the Batman? I mean, not really. I feel like Suicide Squad it had a lot of issues, and it, and it all comes from setting a production date and then working from there. So you're working backwards, which was a lot of people's rumored opinions. When these rumors actually came forward to be true, but a lot of rumored opinions of like, oh wait, maybe they're rushing some of these things. And it felt like they really botched it. They really screwed up. They made some, They made a lot of money, but they're missing a big opportunity here with some iconic characters. And it's hard to screw these guys up. I mean, it really is. There's decades and decades of great material to, to pull from. I think Zack Snyder's really talented. I think David Ayers is really talented. But they're not getting received the right way, whether it's executive involvement or production schedules or even the script issues. I think that they're, it looks like they're reorganizing. I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Sean, on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, a new Justice League picture featuring Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, it was released. And uh, as I said earlier in the podcast, I thought going into this movie that Cyborg would be the one of the only safe figures that wouldn't draw much criticism. And I absolutely could not have been more wrong. Uh, a quick recap, I got over 50 responses to that picture from people just completely slamming his appearance, calling him everything from a Transformer to a Terminator wannabe. So I've got a two-part two question for you. Okay. Based on what we've seen, based on everything that we've seen about Cyborg, do you have any complaints about his appearance? And secondly, do you think this many people actually despise DC Comics this much? Or are they just following the trend of hating on the extended universe? You know, you talked about Cyborg meme that somebody closed in on his crotch and it looked like Megatron's face. And from there, it's hard not to see it. But this is still early before they put finishing touches on it, first of all. Okay. Second, I actually really like the design what they've done with Cyborg because if you think about everything with, that goes with this character, he's a guy that's like a, a triple amputee left for dead that's body was fused with a mother box alien technology. So, yes, it's going to look a bit like a Transformer. It's going to look a little bit like a Terminator, because that's what they are. That's what he mixes with. Exactly. His arms literally transform into weapons. That's what they do. And he does look like a killing machine from the future, because that's kind of what he is. Now, I do like the way he looks in the comic books, but I, you and I also kind of traded little text messages about this. If you actually take comic book version, much like kind of like Aquaman, and you put that in the movie, it's going to look cheap. It's going to look like cosplay or one of the, it's going to look like one of the CW shows that I just so much love. It's going to look bad. 
Go with what you got at Party City, and I want that. So he looks like his whole life was destroyed, and he's got only a little bit of humanity left. Just a little bit was salvaged, you know? Yeah. And that's what I like. I think it's good. The second question was, do you think people actually despise DC Comics this much, or are they just following the trend on hating on something popular, uh, in this case, being DC's extended universe? Right now, you, you hit it last week with the fake news. Everybody wants to first, be the first to break the story, and the good story right now is how bad they're f***ing up. America loves two big things, two awesome things. They love failure, and they love a comeback. Ben Affleck serves as the comeback right now because the guy, he was, I don't know if you ever got a chance to see um, Bill Simmons' short-lived show on HBO, but he, he kind of sums up pretty nicely. Like, he was untouchable in Hollywood. The guy had Daredevil and Geely and yeah. Girl, and he was just a mess. But then he, he did Town. He did Gone Baby Gone. And then he did Gone Girl and then Argo. And now he's on top of the world again. And he, he turns down, he didn't officially turn down, but he was in talks to do Star Wars and turn that down to do Batman. And he's the one of the things that everybody agreed on, or for the most part, that he was great. So people love to come back. So when something's good, it's great to jump on and say, you know, I believe in them, all of them. I've liked them since then, blah, blah, blah. But it's also really easy to say, look how bad this guy sucks. <laughs> Watch how he's screwing up and things like that. And people start talking. And some of these guys, like the March Hughes guy, or they wrote the article for Forbes, if you read it again, and I think you and I were chatting about this too, them to, to give him a scoop because sources say the script is bad and then the next 48 hours they said the script is great WB loves it you know everybody's on board so it's kind of like because WB isn't giving anything I feel like this might also be a new way to get information which is weird that they're just attacking so much but there is so much Marvel love right now but I feel like the scales are going to tip eventually because Marvel's getting so big it's going to be hard to live up to the hype it's almost good right now because the expectation is so low but if people go into it expecting it to be that bad, maybe they'll come out of it saying, oh, I'm surprised. I loved it. It was great. I was wrong. I mean, it happened with Heath Ledger. It happened with Batfleck. But it's, it's the cool thing to do right now. It's the cool thing to just say, yeah, you suck. Just to give people some clarification, both of our favorite comic book characters come from D.C., but I wouldn't say we necessarily have a strong bias towards the company. Like you were just talking about Marvel, and they were, and their movies really are damn near perfect. I don't, you, oh, I yeah. don't think you were slamming them one bit. So what no. do you, what do you feel is the biggest flaw in DC's movies right now? DC is kind of in a lose lose situation the way that they're approaching this because they came out with the idea that we're going to do Man of Steel first, which is great, but then they jump kind of right into Batman versus Superman and Justice League. Now there are different stories of which came first, the chicken or the egg, Civil War or Batman vs. Superman. The Russo brothers said in an interview that they, they wanted to do Civil War because Batman vs. Superman. That's what kind of greenlit that project. Other people say it was rushed to meet the expectation of Civil War. The movie theaters have always had a history of doing this, where they released kind of a similar movie at the same time, like Deep Impact and Armageddon, Buzz Life and Ants. But DC has been rushing to get this going, and I think... That they had a plan for years, like you mentioned, and I think that they were banking on starting out with Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds, and then when that bombed, they kind of changed course, and they should have just stayed the course, in my opinion. And I also feel that the executives over at Marvel let the creatives do what they do. They got the comic book writers, they got the guys that know the source material. They're the ones editing the films. That's why when you take Spider-Man and give them just a little bit of Marvel influence instead of Sony executives who don't know it, they don't want what's going to be cool and self-polish. They want the actual homage to the character, something loyal. So WB is interfering too much because they think, oh, this will be cool. This would sell toys. This will get people excited. And the writing end up cliche lines like Suicide Squad, like, I won't lose another family or <laughs> rushing the villain. It feels like they're meddling too much. 
also another reason why he's going to stay on. I think that that's telling of what's going to happen. They're changing course, but not completely. I think they're just going to get a little bit more control and a little bit more leniency to say, no, we're not going to meet your deadlines like preconceived. We're going to release it as it comes. We're going to do this. We're going to do this in a process. Because David Ayers even came out, and it, I, I thought it was refreshing to see a director say, yeah, you know what? I made a mistake. I kind of kind of abandoned his art, his creativity, to meet the deadline. Now, I want to dive in to Batman versus the Avengers. This is the reason I wanted you on here, because I heard you do this <laughs> on Shop Talk, and I absolutely loved it, to the point where I'm not even going to say anything afterwards, because I just want it to sink in. I don't want my opinion to give any bias towards anyone else. Um, when I did hear you talking about how Batman could take down each member of the vi- uh, of the Avengers, I was it was incredibly impressive. And now, while I think Batman could give them trouble, I don't see any way he could successfully take down the entire team. So is this more of a hypothetical how he could do it scenario for you, or is this something you actually believe? Well, it started off as a as a fanboy challenge because AJ Speck, who I do the, the TGS podcast with, his roommates are, are Marvel fanboys, and they give him shit, so he's outnumbered. And <laughs> he's like, hey, man, you got some, you got some Batman knowledge. Can you, can you attack my roommates? On the podcast, I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. So he gave me his little homework assignment to, to be fun. So I started doing it just to kind of write it in jest. And then the more I wrote it, the more I was like, you know, if they did it, like, the way that, I mean, I actually do love this. The way that when Batman is written as kind of a bad guy, and he's not exactly the hero, he is very menacing. He's very capable. And so that's kind of the direction. It's like, all right, let's just say, for example, that you don't know who's right or wrong. And they are somehow transported into Gotham City. Okay, so they're, they're in our world. Well, they're in Batman's world. He knows enough about who they are. He knows, you know, what they do. He, know, he does basic recon. He doesn't just run out there blind because that's not what he does. His superpower is prep time. But this is not even using the ridiculous, like, oh, tons of prep time. He has two things that I, I leaned on in the last argument, which were the, the number one, which is probably one of my favorite creations in recent memory with Scott Snyder's Hellbat armor. And for those of you who don't know, the Hellbat armor is it's basically designed for the purpose of being able to engage large-scale threat. It was built by the members of the Justice League, Armor Force in the Sun by Superman, along with Green Lantern, working on the wings to grant it flight, flash sets of the armor to show it can handle the Speed Force, Cyborg equipped it with advanced technology, Voice Command, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman basically help mold this thing together underwater. So it's basically impenetrable. It's it's invincible. And so I used that in my last argument, but that actually kind of creates a little bit of disadvantage because that's more on like what you were saying, the unrealistic <laughs> side of things. Because even in the end, he goes to Apocalypse, he goes toe-to-toe with Darkseid, and he beats a Taliban and hordes of parademons. And brings Damien back to life. So that's on the far face scale of there. So what I figured for this, I would kind of reel it in a little bit more and just use Plant Fenrir, which was in also a, a Scott Snyder creation. But it was in the New 52 storyline Endgame. So basically, Plant Fenrir was called, also called Justice League Buster. And it was designed by Bruce with the help of a couple other people, including Ray Palmer. Basically, it costs about 60% of the world's militaries combined. So approximately $4 trillion. $200 billion on computers. So I don't know how he funded this thing, but that's what it says. In this suit, he uses it as a deterrent to incapacitate, not kill, and to fight off, fend off a large-scale threat from the Justice League where they turn. So what I would do in this situation is compare and contrast different things of that he was able to do with the Justice League to the threats he would see with the Avengers. 
So we'll take just the, the Avengers from the original movie. You got Iron Man, you got Cap, you got Hulk. We'll even make Hawkeye unzombified. We'll make him on the team again. And then Black Widow. First thing you would have to do is you would have to neutralize the threat of Banner. He's the biggest threat. He's the one you got to worry about the most. Bruce has, uh, Bruce Wayne has a portable boom tube that he's taken off of Cyborg. So basically, immediately begins the start of the, ga- the game. You just boom tube, Banner, sending him flying to Apocalypse across the galaxy and universe, just right at the start. If he's not pissed already, it will be soon. And he'll be busy fighting off hordes of parademons for a while until Batman basically figures out and takes to the core of the rest of this. So now Banner's out of the picture. So at least he's neutralized for now. The second threat is Thor. Thor is a god. Thor is mighty. But Thor also likes to charge into battle, much similar to Wonder Woman. In the Endgame storyline, Batman used something called the Bind of Veils. It was made by Hephaestus from the inverted material that was used to weave Wonder Woman's lasso, the lasso of truth. So basically what this Bind of Veils means is it creates an alternate reality and confuses, much like Scarlet Witch did, and convinces Wonder Woman that uh, she has defeated Bruce and killed him, Bruce Wayne. So that's what he would do with Thor, because he is a warrior. His sole purpose in this is going to be defeat Batman, who he sees as the ultimate threat. So at this point, Thor believes he is uh, victorious, and he leaves the fight. So he's neutralized for now. Now again, we're not trying to kill it, we're just trying to neutralize these threats. The third threat is Captain America. Now, Captain America is very strong, very powerful. This uh, suit has uh, is equipped with knuckles called Red Giants. I mentioned Ray Palmer for a reason. They were collected from dead solar system with the aid of Ray Palmer. So they're microscopic red suns in the knuckles he used to go toe-to-toe with Superman and beat the crap out of him while he's basically jokerized. So he knocks Cap around a couple times with those and then Cap encapsulates him in a magnesium carbonate that he used to incapacitate Aquaman. Basically what that does is it feeds off the moisture, kind of like Silly Putty and Quicksand. So if it can stop Aquaman, I think it can detain Cap. Every time he moves, it sucks moisture and nutrients out of his body. So he becomes more incapacitated, kind of like a, like a super duper Chinese finger trap. So he's useless too. The fourth threat is going to be the ones that are kind of on the sideline. Uh, we'll say the big hog, Iron Man for last. So the fourth threat would be Hawkeye and Black Widow. Basically, to defeat them, what he would use is the servers. Now, the computers in this thing are like 200 million plus, right? And they were able to map out the movement and predict the movements of Flash, firing freshness, coding, rendering him basically useless, unable to move. They can predict his movements. It will easily be able to predict Hawkeye's and Black Widow's movements. He doesn't have to really do much to them because they are mortal and they don't have any superpowers. But he doesn't want them to be able to pull back any arrows or use any of her KGB karate moves and somehow dismantle his suit. So finally, the last one, the big dog, is Iron Man. So what we would do is the suit is equipped with a plasma shield. It's able to deflect Superman's heat vision and thrust thermal counteraction measures as a last resort to beat Superman if the Red Giants don't work. So supposing that he already used up the Red Giants and he can't on Captain America and he can't use those on Iron Man, he basically takes for the blast and shoots it right back at Iron Man. After that, the suit is equipped with an electromagnetic nerve tree designed to take down Cyborg. What he does then is he neutralizes the suit. It's not an EMP. It's basically kind of like a nanovirus. comes in and just dismantles it, shuts the whole thing down, incapacitates the suit, and then there's a C-tree neutralizer who's able to, to take out Hal Jordan with, renders him paralyzed momentarily. At that point, you would be able to incapacitate 
Iron Man, Tony Stark is out of the picture. Batman has now defeated the Avengers. This is so fascinating to me. And it makes me appreciate comic books so much because this is only a situation where we could make this with the com- with comic book characters. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I, I just want that to stew, go back and listen to it again because I'm going to listen to it like three or four times just because of how in-depth that was. Even if you don't believe it, it could happen, it was very impressive the way how thought out that was. And you actually feel like you're inside Batman's head going through all that, preparing for each target. But that, that was uh, that was absolutely wonderful, and I can't thank you enough for coming on here. And we're, we're you're going to be coming back and reading the mean tweets. That's something we got to do. I would, I would, I would be honored, my buddy, my man. Awesome. So hit me up on Twitter at Ross A. Dillon. Let me know what you thought about Sean Curran's Batman vs. the Avengers. Let's do the Q and A. Every episode, I take the most common questions that I get over Twitter, and I answer them on here. If you want to ask me a question, all you have to do is tweet at me, at Ross A. Dillon, and I'll either respond on there or I'll hit it up on here. So let's get started. What are your thoughts on the show Powerless? I love the cast. I love the fact that some lesser-known superheroes, such as Crimson Fox and the Olympian, are getting some good screen time. And they've done a great job with those characters. However... I just don't see this show lasting very long. I hope I'm wrong. I I enjoy it. It's definitely not my favorite show out there, and I understand all the complaints about it. I just do not see this show getting picked up for a second season. Are you personally concerned with the direction of the Batman movie? No, I am 100% with Sean on this one. Be careful who you get your news from on this. The only sources I would trust are Heroic Hollywood, The Rap, and maybe Variety. Definitely Variety, actually. Definitely trust Variety. They've been pretty spot-on with everything they've reported. Even BatmanNews.com has been spot-on reporting everything. But there are a lot of sites out there, those which shall not be named because they deserve zero publicity, that will make up a headline that uh, makes it appear like the movie is in danger. But it's not. They will post rumors as fact. Be careful who you get your news from on this. There is nothing to be worried about right now. In the future, there may be, but as of right now, there is nothing to be worried about with the Batman movie. What are your thoughts on this season of Arrow and Flash? Uh, I actually think Arrow is absolutely phenomenal this season. I love the direction they've gone. I feel like Flash has hit that CW third season struggle. Uh, don't get me wrong, I still enjoy it. I enjoy it much more than what I did season 3 of Arrow. But it does leave a lot to be desired. I like the direction they're going, and I'm excited to continue watching it. But I wouldn't be surprised if the season 3 ending is slightly disappointing. What video game would you like to see turned into a movie? That's a tough one. I get this question about 3 or 4 times a week, actually. Um... I don't know about a movie, but I think the Fallout series would be a great show for like HBO or even AMC or something like that. I know they are making a movie about The Witcher. That would have been my second choice. Um, a very, I haven't played too much of that game. I haven't, haven't played too much, but I've read the books and they would make great movies and I'm excited to see that on the big screen. And it's looking like we will in maybe late 2018, 2019. Don't quote me on that though. I just know it's in pre-production. Will comic books be entirely digital 
in the next few decades? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, it's definitely going in that way, but I don't think it will be. I think there will be more of a digital presence than what there is now. But a lot of the hardcore comic collectors love having that hard copy. They love being able to flip through the pages and that smell that you get from the old copies and like a copy that you would buy now, being able to in 50 years pull it out and show your grandchildren or your children. And it'd probably be even worth a lot more. There's no value in digital as far as I'm concerned. Um, It's the hard copies that are going to sell. So there will always be hard copies. But the presence of digital comics will continue to grow into the future. That's actually a really good question. I may have to go and dive into that even deeper in the next issue. Uh, Thank you for asking that. And I would love to get everybody's opinion on that because that's a really, really good question. What's going on with Namor being filmed in Hawaii? And who would you cast as Namor? There have been rumors... Uh, I, I can't remember the media source from Hawaii, but they did report that Aquaman and Namor were going to be filming on the islands at the same time. Now, I don't know how much truth is to that. I had never heard of this media source before, so I don't even want to really quote them on what they said because, as always, things like this are likely untrue. I do think Namor will play a role moving forward in the MCU. It may not be until Phase 4, but I do think they will introduce him. And, well, actually, the more I think about it, this does make sense. Okay, Namor is a mutant. Let's remember that. Marvel Studios does not have access to mutants, as we all disappointingly know. So the next big step would be, let's make Namor an inhuman. Yeah, I can see this totally happening. I can see Namor showing up in the Inhuman series. And then maybe they're testing the waters there and they move forward with a solo series, kind of like what they're doing with the Inhumans for Namor. I'd be on board with that. Again, that's all speculation just coming from me. There is absolutely no source behind that whatsoever. Cannot stress that enough, but it makes sense. Who would I want to play Namor? That's a good question. Namor is even more of a dick, a more sarcastic dick than what Tony Stark is. So you have to get one with those acting chops that can pull that off. So, my choice, and it's probably not going to be a popular one, I want Jon Cho to play Namor. You may know him from Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle and the newest Star Trek movies. He's a great actor. He's got the comedy chops. Sure, he'd probably have to put on some muscle and whatnot, but, you know, every actor does going into movies like this. So my vote would be to uh, John Cho. Final question. How about Tim Miller to direct Batman? Um, it would be interesting. It's not going to happen. I believe, and don't quote me on this, I don't know if this is for sure, but I believe Tim Miller is still under contract with Fox to do another Fox movie, not an X-Men movie, but to direct another Fox movie. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard it several times. So even if he was available, he probably wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, Interesting concept, though. It wouldn't be my first pick, but I understand why some people like it. That's all I've got for this week, guys. My voice is almost completely gone, if you can't tell. Uh, I'm really struggling to get my words out. We'll have another episode up. 
in the next couple of weeks. So as always, hit me up, Ross A. Dillon on Twitter. Let's talk there. I want to see your answers to the questions that I just answered. Also, a very special thank you to my good friends, Amber Grant and Sean Curran. I'm going to link them on Twitter. Make sure you give them a follow and show them some love. I'll see you guys next time.